0: Section 68 of the Catholic's Ready Answer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tatiana Chachilla, Columbus, Ohio. The Catholic's Ready Answer by Rev. M. P. Hill. The Pope, successor to St. Peter in the Roman See. Erroneous View. On the subject of St. Peter's residence in Rome, we possess no trustworthy information— Schaeffer's Manual of Instruction, etc. It is only a guess that St. Peter was ever at Rome at all. It is only a guess that he was ever Bishop of Rome. Dr. Littledale. The Truth. The above are specimens of the offhand judgments pronounced in our day upon a tradition which has ever been regarded in the Church as most trustworthy, resting as it does on the unimpeachable testimony of the historians, the fathers, and the councils. Not a few leading Protestant thinkers are found to express their entire dissent from the opinions so lightly delivered by the Schaeffers and Little Dales of popular controversy. Even Harnack, who has so large a following in Germany and America, declared at the meeting of the Society of Art and Science, held at Hamburg in 1899, that St. Peter's dying in Rome was a proved fact of history. The following utterance of the professor is surely strong enough. The martyrdom of Peter in Rome was contested for controversial purposes, first by Protestant, afterward by higher critical prejudice, but that the position was erroneous must be clear to any investigator who does not shut his eyes to the truth. The entire array of critical arguments with which Bauer combated the old tradition is today considered worthless. Germania, September 5, 1901. The Protestant authorities quoted by Dr. Ryder in Catholic controversy, Shamir, Cave, Gradius, Pearson, Bramhall, expressed themselves no less decidedly. Neller asserts and proves in his essay, Herr Soltau and St. Peter, that no fact of antiquity is better attested than the presence of St. Peter in Rome. His contention is chiefly based on the primitive tradition, upon which he remarks that no other city in the world ever claimed to possess the grave of St. Peter. A similar appeal to early tradition was made by the Protestant historian Schroeck in 1770. He says, Some great scholars in the Protestant body have asserted, in the heat of controversy with the Roman Church, that St. Peter was never in Rome, but there is no other event of that period which has in its favour such unanimous testimony borne by the earliest Christian writers. Leibniz may be added to the number of dissenting voices among Protestants. The ancients, he says, unanimously attest that the Apostle Peter governed the Church, suffered martyrdom, and appointed his successor in the city of Rome, the capital of the world. The Catholic thesis we are defending is equivalent to the double proposition. One, St. Peter was Bishop of Rome, and two, the popes have been his successors. The first part of the proposition has a testimony of universal Catholic tradition and representative Protestant authorities, whilst bowing to the force of that tradition, either tell us explicitly or imply by their words that denial of the tradition has been due to pressure of controversy. We deem it unnecessary to repeat the numerous citations from ancient authorities to be found in Catholic treatises on the subject— from Irenaeus, Eusebius, Dionysius of Alexandria, Clement of Alexandria, Papias of Hierapolis, Ignatius of Antioch, and Clement of Rome. The second part of the proposition is equivalent to the assertion that the present pope, Benedict XV, is the latest in an unbroken succession of bishops of Rome from St. Peter downward. The list of the successors of St. Peter has been preserved, if preserved is the apt word, in the case of personages that stand out so prominently in the history of the world. The series of popes is not lost in the twilight of fable, as Macaulay lightly put it. The popes, from first to the latest, have been historical personalities, for each of whom there is a distinct record in the pages of history. The total number of popes, including the current venerable pontiff, is two hundred sixty. Certain writers of our day have sought to cast doubt upon the unbrokenness of the papal succession by pointing to the fact that there have been times when there were several claimants to the pontifical throne, and that at those times considerable portions of the Church have been in doubt as to who were the rightful claimants. To those who are troubled with such scruples, we would say, in the first place, that our list of the popes would retain all its controversial significance, even if it contained some doubtful names, which, however, we do not admit, for doubts or difficulties do not necessarily destroy the force of strong, positive evidence telling the other way. But even supposing that 260 names must be reduced to 255 by reason of doubts as to five on the list, if there is positive evidence that 255 popes have been canonically elected, including the present pontiff, then it is certain that apostolical succession in the See of Peter has been preserved, even though the Church were, for a short time, without a sovereign pontiff, as it, in fact, always is between the death of one pope and the election of his successor." We see no essential difference between a gap caused by the death of a pope and a gap caused by the nullity of his election, provided that finally right succession is established and perpetuated. The Great Western Schism, as it is generally named by historians, furnishes an interesting illustration of succession established with absolute certainty after a period of what was considered in some quarters as doubtful succession. The schism lasted 39 years. The first of the popes whose title was questioned was Urban VI, 1378. The validity of the election was denied by certain of the cardinals who had elected him, although by their previous words and acts they had acknowledged him as a legitimate pope. His claims were admitted by the most distinguished ecclesiastical lawyers of the day. As to modern opinions, the most eminent Catholic and many Protestant authorities agree with the jurists of the earlier period. If Urban's title to the office was valid, the three popes successively chosen by the cardinals acknowledging Urban's jurisdiction were no less validly elected but in the present connection the question concerns us little. There can be no doubt that a lawful successor to the See of Rome was appointed in the person of Martin V by whose election the schism was healed. The point we insist on is that there has been a succession of legitimate pontiffs from St. Peter to Benedict XV. If during the entire schism there had been no pope at all, that would not prove that the office and authority of Peter was not transmitted to the next pope duly elected. End of section 68. Recording by Tatiana Chichilla, Columbus, Ohio.